0: A lot of times we are seeing that when people are isolated, though they may have everything going well for them in terms of their achievement or in terms of their pleasure, they end up suffering with mental health issues. Hi, I am
1: Alu and I am your host at Fiteroom. Welcome to Fitness Pro Chat, the podcast by Fiteroom. Welcome to Fitness Pro Chat by fit Aerobic. If you're looking to improve your health and well-being to lead a healthy, fit, and fulfilling life, whether you're an amateur or a professional athlete, this podcast is for you. Now, on to the show. According to data from the National Mental Health Survey in India, only in 2019, were there were around 56 million individuals in India who suffer from some form of depression. And there are another 38 million who suffer from anxiety disorders uh, or, in, or similar uh, mental health issues. In order to deal with this issue, while the Republic of India has already formulated national tele mental health program, there a lot needs to be done from our side as a society and as a group so that we understand what exactly is mental health and who is really affected. In this episode, joining me is Dr. Devashish Palkar. MBBS, MD Psychiatry, and a psychotherapist based in India. Dr. Palkar champions mental health and is an invited thought leader who helps people decode the nuances of this problem to various online and offline forums.
0: Shish and welcome to our session today. Thank you so much. Uh, Pleasure is on my, because I love talking about mental health related issues, and I think it's a very important discussion that needs to be had. Thank you. So uh,
1: let me get started with the uh, first question of the day. Please tell us more about yours and your areas of interest, and uh, how exactly you you got into this profession, and what intrigued you to uh, get into uh, things that
0: relates to mental health. So my relationship with the mental health started when I was in my class eleventh or class twelfth uh, during those times when I was preparing for the competitive examinations. I experienced a lot of exam related anxiety and stress because of which I saw that my performance was going down. Though I was preparing well, I was not able to perform as well as I prepared. And that is the time when, you know, because my parents were aware about such issues, because my parents come from the background where they were aware about the mental related issues, they took me to a psychotherapist for the first time. And that is when I had a few sessions with the person and my mental health started to improve. My stress level started to go down and I was able to perform better. And that is when I realized there's this tremendous potential that we all have. But sometimes because of the mental health issues, we are not able to perform to our optimal best. And which is when I thought, okay, let me be also involved in this healing profession. And after my wealth, when I got admission into MBBS, I always had this intention to go towards the mental health. I wanted to study about human brain, about how we think, how we act, how we feel, and how we can better it so that we can realize our full potential. And that is how my journey with mental health as me. I've always been a proponent of a positive mental health. And then you know, when the chance came and I was lucky enough to get admission into psychiatry, yeah, it was always my dream field. And uh, since then, like, it's been like four and a half years since I've been actively involved in the field of mental health as a psychiatrist.
1: Okay, that's awesome to know. And uh, so let me uh, quickly get started uh, with the question uh, now. So, let, and, I mean, all of us talk more about the physical health. I mean, uh, we know how to. there are a lot of programs being run on uh, getting fit and, and nutrition programs and all of that. But there are very few programs that actually uh, deal with mental health. I, I think we are, I would say, in a very nascent state and just starting right now. And uh, that's why, I mean, we fail to uh, realize the importance of mental health in our lives, at least at this point in time. And I understand that we are rising up to this. We are trying to recognize this is a big problem uh, in our lives, uh, especially with day-to-day issues and, and the, the modernization that has crept in in all of our lives. So, oh, please help us understand more about uh, mental health. How does it matter? And especially in the present times with, with so much modernity.
0: Right. So, first and foremost, like, we start off with the definition of health itself. Then, the World Health Organization defines health in terms of physical health, mental health, and our social well being. And it does not talk about just the absence of diseases, but also the ability to stay well. So, that well part is always being there when we talk about the definition of health. But what happens is, in the case of physical death, it is very much visible, measurable, and easily accessible. In terms of mental health related issues, what happens is a lot of times we cannot measure it because it is a very subtle thing that is happening inside our own brain and it is something that people do not have, has, understand easily as well. So when we talk about mental health, it involves all the domains of how we think, how we feel, and how we behave. So the thoughts, the feelings, and the behavioral part comes under the domain of mental health. Now a lot of people don't understand that brain also is an integral part of our body, and just like any other part of our body can somehow or the other times dysfunction or malfunction, our brain is also equally vulnerable for that. But because brain is also the organ through which we think, when we are thinking about the same organ that we are suffering, it all the more compounds to the problem. Because then we start to think that okay, it's just my odds. It's only because I am thinking the way it is. That's why I am probably not performing to my level best but it could be because of the mental health issues until my grave. So a lot of times, under some mental health issues, people don't have the means to understand whether their mental health is deteriorating or not. And I think that is why we need to have more such sessions where we can share the experiences of how mental health disorders look like, when do you need to seek help, and what are the signs and symptoms that you need to be careful about. And I think through such discussions, we will definitely be able to reach to a target right? wherein we will be able to spread some awareness. So that is about, you know, how the basic of mental health comes into play.
1: Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so would it be right to say, I mean, it's, it's a gender-neutral gender and age-neutral uh, issue. I mean, there is there's no specific age at which a person could suffer from mental health problem. Or there is, and there is no uh, gender-specific. I mean, it's not just male or female being suffering. It's, it could be anyone of any age. Can suffer from mental health at any point in their life. So, what exactly are your thoughts what are the specific causes at each age right. levels that that people can suffer from uh, mental yeah. health issues?
0: Right. So, broadly speaking, we all are equally vulnerable for all mental health disorders, right? Like you, me, everyone around us. Are equally vulnerable to suffering from mental health disorders. If you look at the prevalence of mental health disorders, then the National Mental Health Survey, which was done in India, it clearly shows that around 10% of India's population will suffer from mental health issues on any other point in their life. Now it is not just this 10% people, but we need to understand that when one person in the family suffers with mental health disorders, because of the thoughts, feelings, and behavioral component of the mental health, it's also the entire family which in a way has to suffer. So it's not just the 10% of the people, but the 10% of the families are dealing in some or the other way with mental health issues. And that is why mental health is a very holistic concept. So when you say about the age-specificity or younger-specificity, see what else on this pattern, which because of the social cultural factors tend to occur more in males and some factors which tend to occur more in females. Like for example, addictions, it has been shown that males are generally more susceptible to it because of the ease of availability, because of the cultural factors involved. But equal chances are there if the females also are able to access substances, then they also could get addicted to substances. So there are certain disorders which are at certain age group. like for example, if we talk about the children, then there are neurodevelopmental disorders which start from the very early age, like attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder, autism spectrum disorder, specific learning disorders. So all these things start off from a very early age. These are linked to ages, but as the age advances and as, you know, males and females and all other genders included, reach and attitude then the chances of prevalence are almost equivalent so depression anxiety obsessive compulsive disorder or if you look at other serious mental and disorders like schizophrenia, or bicordial spectrum disorders. The prevalence is more or less equal across populations, across genders. So that is why, you know, a lot of times we have this misbelief that, okay, men because they are very strong, they tend to suffer less from mental health issues than women. You know, they are weak to suffer from men more mental health issues. This is absolutely bullshit because, you know, both men and women are equally susceptible to it. Only thing is, because of the cultural factors, a lot of times we see in our practice that males do not open up as easily as females would. Because of the factors associated with our culture and the society, you know, it's always said to males that Men should not cry. So these factors and the stigma associated with it creates a big impediment in seeking out help, right? Which is why you know, if you look at the data, then the treatment gap of mental health disorders in India is close to eighty percent. Now, treatment gap includes basically those people who are actually in need of help, but they are not getting help. Now, these could be due to two factors. One is, of course, the accessibility part. Because a lot of areas in our country do not have the specialists available. That is one accessibility factor. But a major, major contributor is the stigma associated with mental health disorders. Even when the person understands that he is suffering with something, things are not going well in his life, he will still try and fight it out on his own. Because he would think that it's not okay for me to seek help because then I will be portrayed as weak. Which is why we need to give on this clear message that you know mental illness or admit to any illness is not a sign of weakness. Right. Just like an athlete can suffer from fracture, and you can also suffer from fracture. Similarly, a high-performing individual can also suffer from mental health issues, and similarly, all of us can suffer from
1: it. Absolutely, I mean, very rightly said. Uh, because we may not realize that we are suffering from an issue, and it, it exists, and it exists across a person. May be very healthy, could be physically fit, but still, he can he can have mental health uh, issues. Oh, uh, so that brings me to my next question. Uh, but so I mean, we offer hear terms like uh, depression, anxiety, stress, and these are like uh, almost on a daily basis. Everyone says I'm a depression. I'm suffering from depression. Most people are are taking this. Uh, I mean, it's becoming more of a common parlance now. So are these terms uh related to mental health issues or or? Is there a stage wise progression where these can say maybe a prolonged state of depression or stress can
0: lead to mental health shock? Right. I think you're very right. A lot of times we misuse the psychiatric diagnosis in our common parlance just to appear very cool and just to be appearing very knowledgeable. But these are all diagnostic terms and if you look behind the science and the diagnostic part of it, you will realize that what you're calling depression could perhaps be just a phase in your life where you are sad for a couple of days. When we say clinical depression, it includes a sustained two weeks period wherein the person is continuously feeling sad, not interested in the activities that the person is doing, and it also affects the psychological, social, familial, and interpersonal domains of his life. When all these areas get affected, along with some changes in sleep, appetite, some behavioral component, some thought related component, then that comes under the rubric of clinical depression, which is why I would strongly advise people to not use such terms very loosely. See, you could say that you're feeling sad, but when you talk about depression, that's a completely different disorder, which is why let's not be reactive, you know, the terms, because then a lot of people who are actually suffering from it would think that, okay, it's a very normal thing, but it's not, right? Similarly, I'm seeing a lot of people use the word obsession as very commonly, right? Hey, now, when we talk about obsessive competitive disorder, Then disorder includes a sustained period wherein the person is so much depressed, he is not able to perform other areas of his life and that is when we call it as a disorder. So we need to understand the clear difference between the terms that are used usually to describe how you are feeling at the moment to how the person is suffering from a disorder, right? So what are you feeling in the moment? You could be feeling very sad, but that does not amount to depression because as I said, there is a duration criteria associated with it. It's just like, you know, suppose randomly you check your blood pressure levels and it comes higher. You do not diagnose yourself as hypertension. Now to diagnose yourself as hypertension, you have to have undergo repeated testing two or three times you need to get tested at the same time and a doctor has to clinically test you, then you label yourself as hypertension, right? You don't just label yourself for high blood pressure as I'm suffering from hypertension or just because one of the times your blood sugar level comes high, you don't want yourself receive a diabetes. Right, in a circular way, it's putting absolutely. Real. Absolutely. I mean,
1: uh, and then that uh, that actually takes me to my next one. Whereas, is, is there, are there, I mean, one of the steps to cure this, this would be a realization that I have a problem. And oftentimes, we may not realize that I have this issue of mental health, which is negatively affecting me. Um, so, how exactly, I mean, it can affect both our, our lives, both physically and mentally. I mean, someone who is suffering from mental health issues. So, obviously, I mean, how does it, the mind-body connect work when it comes
0: to mental. Right. So, if you look at it biologically, our mind and body are very much connected. It's only for the understanding and for simplicity we try to differentiate it as mind and body. See, mind or the brain. Mind is basically the functional aspect of our brain, right? So, brain is basically controlling all the activities that are going on in our body. Right? All the basic things like respiratory rate, your digestion, your metabolism, your movements, all these are basically controlled by your brain. So when your brain health goes down, when your mind is not functioning to its optimal best, then all these parameters also get equally affected. So we see very commonly that, you know, one of the major symptoms in case of depression is you don't feel like eating, your appetite goes down. Sometimes you eat very much excessively, right, to cope with it in an unhealthy way. Sometimes your sleep gets disturbed, your weight has changes. So, all these parameters do get affected. And what happens is when our mental health is down, we also tend to use unhealthy coping mechanisms. So, by unhealthy coping mechanisms, I would say sources which give us instant gratification. Like, for example, if I have sugars or sweets, a pizza, a burger, you know, it gives me an instant rush of energy and makes me feel better for some time. If I have a glass of alcohol, I would feel really better for some time. If I have a smoke, I would feel better. If I have a weed, I would feel better. But then those also contribute in a long term way to detriment our physical health. So which is why the mind and body are always, you know, they functioning in your and functioning in harmony. And you would see that in your physical health when it goes down, your mental health also goes down. Like for example, a simple case where you are suffering from say, viral illness. when we are suffering from viral illness, our physical body is suffering, but we don't feel like doing things that we want to do. We feel sad for a lot of time. We have sleep related issues. So when our physical health is also going down at that time, also our mental health suffers. So it's a bi-directional way. And there are definitely connections in the brain, which connect through various parts of our body, which is why our body and mind always function together. Absolutely. I mean
1: uh, very rightly said, uh, there are a lot of things that we do knowingly or unknowingly for say temporary pleasure or, or satisfaction or that is gratification. And these are the things that not only affects us mentally but physically as well
0: in the long term. You know, uh, even a so thing, Look, even a simple thing like our diet, it has its bearing on our mental health, right? So there is a lot of research which is going on currently in the domain of gut brain access. So our gut, which is, you know, the digestive system and our brain are very intrinsically related with each other. So whatever Absolutely.
1: things that we
0: have a bearing on our health. And this is not just a new science. It has been shown since our ancient times. Even the Ayurvedic science also talks about that. right? How our food affects our mental health. So these are domains which clearly show how our body and mind are closely related with each other. Absolutely. And so I think that... Uh... Let's let's talk
1: about some of the prevention and cure because I'm sure uh, most people would be interested like what, what should we do to, as a preventive measures uh, to mental health. So, uh, I mean, trying to understand the causes, I think it's important that we also understand how we can prevent this in the first step itself. And I mean, someone for someone who is suffering from mental health, is there a permanent cure
0: uh, to, to this? So when we talk about the cure part, generally if we look at diseases across the domain of medical sciences, there are two types of diseases which mainly we suffer from. One are the communicable diseases and the other are non-communicable diseases. So communicable diseases are mainly of infective origin wherein an external infection has come to our body, which we then try to treat and it can be completely cured. So for example, there are disorders, like viral illnesses or bacterial illnesses which can be completely cured. So by complete cure, we mean that, okay, once we have taken the treatment, then it will not affect us. But again, when the virus and bacteria will come again, it can definitely cause us the illness again, right? So that comes in your mind, but there are certain other viral illnesses also. Let's say for example, HIV AIDS, which cannot be cured completely. As of now, we do not have the means to completely kill the virus from all parts of our body. The virus must survive, but the treatment is available. And when we talk about the non-communicable disorders, like our diabetes, hypertension, in that case, in that case where well, we are suffering from non-communicable disorders we think that okay i've had a treatment i'll be cured completely i'll never suffer from it no it's not about you'll never suffer from it when we talk about treatment we talk about how we can reduce the symptoms how we can help the person manage better and once the person is able to manage his mental health or physical health related issues he can be more careful about it and next time when he feels then okay there are some disturbances again then he can definitely come back to normalcy very soon. So in terms of diabetes or in terms of hypertension also, we do not use the words like cure, which I believe is important to differentiate this stuff, right? Now I'm talking about the causes of mental health-related issues. The cause of mental health is itself internal, right? Which is why we do not use the word, you know, cure. Because our thoughts, our feelings, and our behavior I'm going to remain with about it right so then could be disturbance in our thought at any point in our life there could be disturbance in our feelings in our behavior at any point of time which is why we are all vulnerable to mental health issues and right. it's not just that a person who has suffered once is only vulnerable for it right we may suffer from it at any point at any stage of our life now, the causes of mental so health disorder can classified be classified as a biopsychosocial domain, right? So, there are certain biological factors, there are certain psychological factors, and then there are social factors. In terms of biological factors, comes in your genetics, your neurotransmitters, your so hormone levels, your body's physical health, that all comes under the rubric of biological factors, which are responsible for mental health disorders. Then comes the psychological part. The psychological part basically includes how you cope with your stress, how you are able to manage your anxieties. How is your sleep? How is your overall behavior? And how is your personality like? And then comes the social factors. Social factors would include like the financial factors, the family support, the relationships that you are having. So, all that comes under the domain of social factors. And probably either of these domains can result in mental health issues. So, recently, if I'm to give an example, we also have a lot of people had mental health issues post COVID, right? So, there are a lot of factors which are involved. The virus of COVID itself affected in a way our body, which led to biological factors, which increased the propensity to cause mental health disorders. But at the same time, because of the financial factors, the social factors, which were suddenly so much changed, that again increased the stress on us and increased the propensity of mental health disorders, which is why you know, a lot of people who lost their job ended up suffering with anxiety, ended up suffering with depression. A lot of people lost their near and dear ones. So all these social factors also come into play. Absolutely. I mean, especially, uh, I mean,
1: past couple of years have been very, very stressful for, for most of us uh, globally. And and that uh, definitely is, uh, I mean, can be attributed to uh, one of the causes for mental health. Uh, so that, that I mean, uh, taking it to the next uh, one now. So especially, I mean, uh, in the past, there have been a lot of social stigma around Mental health, people uh, would not want to reveal that they are not suffering from depression or any other sort of uh, mental health issue. So seeking medical help or an advice also is, is have been a challenge. And I would say but to a large extent, it is still a challenge, especially in, say, Tier 2, Tier 3 cities. People have not come out openly to talk about uh, these kind of issues that they may be suffering now. Although there is some change in the scenario at this point in time, but we don't see largely a large change in, in such, such cases at this point in time. So how, according to you, uh, family and friends can support someone uh, who is very, very reclusive and not coming out to redeem that they are suffering from uh, any issue? Or, or someone who, I say, express explicitly express that yes i am a problem and uh, would it be would you advise them to directly visit a Uh, 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 medical professional or seek medical advice or is it like uh, people should work i mean family and friends come together and provide them
0: right so when we talk about the treatment part the family support is definitely very important but that is not the only thing that has to be done Like in case of any other physical ailments, like suppose you are suffering from fever, right? what you would do is generally for, let's say one or two days, you would try and manage it on your own. But when you see that, okay, it's not going down, then you definitely seek out help of a medical professional. In a similar way, a lot of times, friends and family try and support a person. But when they understand that, okay, with just the support from the family and the friends, the person is not able to come out of it. Then it is time definitely to seek out the help of a mental health professional. But generally what happens, they keep on trying too hard and make it even more difficult for the person. You know, they would give away straight away blanket advice and say that okay, exercise currently a movie they clean, acha was it. Right. But this is not how we think about it, right? Person. Who is suffering from depression would not have the energy and the capacity to go through all these things, right? Which is why I have to say it to someone that okay, do exercise and you will be feel better. The person does not have the mental strength and the currently the physical ability to do that, which is why such blanket advices we need to stay away from, and we need to seek out help of a mental health professional. Now, the seeking out part comes associated with a lot of stigmas, as you rightly mentioned, right? So there are four main types of stigmas that we need to talk about. One is the self-stigma. Which, wherein the person stigmatizes himself, then okay, why I am suffering from mental health issues? Is it because I am weak? Or if people find it out, what did they call me? They will judge me. They will look at me in a very inferior way. So that is the self-stigma. Once we come out of this self-stigma, then we will be ready acknowledging our mental health issues. So that is one thing. The second part comes about the public stigma. Now the public stigma exists because not a lot of campaigns are happening about mental health awareness. If you see around, there are you know certain disorders which come under the light of public eyes like tuberculosis, right? We all know about TB because there are so many ad campaigns also running about tuberculosis. The ad campaigns about polio, the ad campaigns about HIV AIDS, which have definitely increased our awareness about all these disorders. Which is why in a similar way, we need to create awareness about mental health issues and I am definitely sure as people become more aware about it, people will be kind, considerate, and empathetic towards anybody who is suffering. Like I remember, you know, there was a time around 10-15 years back when HIV AIDS was so much stigmatized. There is still a lot of stigma associated with it, but in the initial few years, it was so much stigmatized, like people would look at it. Well, any person suffering with HIV and AIDS in a very, very severe way, they would try to ostracize the person. But now, with the correct awareness, people know that there are different modalities of how the HIV can spread and how the treatment is available for it. So, there is definitely a change which I see You know, in our field of mental health as well, if I have to look back, uh, like my professor always tells me, like around oh, 10 15 years back, the number of patients that we used to see, in that definitely has increased. And it is not just because of the uh, disorders have increased. It is also because now people have started to acknowledge and come further to seek out help. Now, what has led to that is because of the awareness itself. And also because, you know, some notable public speakers have also started talking about it, right? So for example, you did up other Kohli talks about mental health, Then people can understand, okay, this is a very normal thing and if these high performers can also suffer from it. Okay, we also need to start taking steps in the correct direction. So I think a lot of challenges are being seen and we need to
1: acknowledge that. Absolutely, I mean, very rightly said. And I would say my next question was more more aligned to this. How exactly do you think uh, we we can do uh, side to increase awareness about mental health? And one of the things which you talked about, like we have uh, mental health Camps, uh, I would say, uh, camps on uh, tuberculosis or any other disease related, in but not around mental health. Uh, so, what are the other ways you feel uh, we get more and more about mental health awareness, so that people can come forward, they can realize the importance. Yes, this is like any other uh, disease that that's there in India or googling, and and people become this social stigma needs to vanish because that is something which is preventing us
0: from from coming forward right. and talking more and more about it first and foremost, the most important thing is as a society, we need to be kinder to each other rather than you know, shaming a person who might be struggling. you know, a lot of times, In the schools also we see that, you know, a person who is not able to perform well in studies, it could be because he is suffering from dyslexia, he could be suffering with depression, he could be suffering with attention deficit disorders. Now that person is bullied. that person is shamed. Now why that happens is because at the school level itself, we are not trying to find out who are the persons who are struggling, who are the persons or the students who are finding it difficult. So I think the change has to start at a very young age. In school itself, if we identify uh, students who are having some difficulties and try and manage it at that level itself, then a lot of trauma that they have to suffer from will be definitely reduced, right? A lot of yes, uh, you know, students who come to me tell about the stories of their struggles, how they were struggling with their mental health issues right from school age it itself, but they were just labeled as a duffer this "ye to last venture," This is not life, right? So let's not discard people this way. Let's be compassionate and understand that okay, if somebody is struggling with it, that person needs help. And that person does not need to be ridiculed. So that is the first and most important thing. The other thing, as I said, you know, if people start opening up about their own mental health struggles, then it will definitely make a hell lot of difference, right? As, as we recently saw in it, I think around a couple of months back already, Virat Kohli himself revealed that he was going through some mental health issues because of which his performance was not adequate. And then he decided to take a break. He took a break around a month away from the game. And then we also obviously come back so well, right? So definitely, right? You know, sweet priority and importance to our mental health, then definitely things will be much, much better. That is what we need to understand.
1: Absolutely. I mean, uh, so, uh, one of the other things which I uh, want, especially from your experience of working with a lot of uh, cases that you would have seen, any specific case or or any, uh, uh, say, case which you you feel something could have been done uh, long before and it could have been prevented with help from family and friends, but it. I mean, it, it staged to right. a different level wherein it, ultimately medical help was uh, the only requirement that, that could have helped the person. So, any any specific scenario? Want to share
0: there, are, there are plenty of such cases, you know, wherein inadequate mental health help was sought. So many conditions could have been prevented, right? I would not be able to disclose the entirety because of the confidentiality, but I would tell you about one specific case. It was a medical legal case that we saw wherein a person who was suffering with schizophrenia he attempted to murder one of his friends because he was having some delusional beliefs. he was having some hallucinatory experiences because of which he acted upon it and you know it led to lot of legal issues now if we look back in the history when we tried and looked at the history we definitely found out that the person was suffering with mental issues since a couple of years but they were not paid attention to the family despite identifying the family, despite identifying that he was suffering with mental health issues, because of so much of stigma, they, rather than taking the person to medical health, they took the person to all sorts of temples and dargahs and all sorts of places, wherein the person, again, went through a lot of traumatic experiences. The person was, you know, and we should not say this, but he was chained and various messes like, you know, mosques and temples and all sorts yep. of you know, blind faith had taken over, which is why the medical treatment could not commence. And when the first time the person was brought to a mental health professional was when the court decided to send that person. Because when the person presented in court, the judge identified that, okay, he's not in a condition to even keep the statement. It's probably he's suffering with mental health issues. And that is what and want to the attempt to murder, right? So all these grievous consequences can be prevented if the help is sought at the right time, right? A lot of suicides that we see today, right? There are different factors which are there prevalent, which have led up to the suicide, right? So suicide that we see in a lot of cases, we feel that, okay, it's just all of a sudden it has happened. But it's not all of a sudden. Right, the person was suffering from it a long time, and because the support yeah. was not available to that person, because the right help was not available, then it finally leads to such grievous consequences. Which is why, you know, it's important that we seek timely help so that such grievous consequences can be prevented.
1: So, I mean, think that, that brings us almost towards the end of our session today. Uh, so, and I uh, want to understand especially top three recommendations um, from you uh, for all of us joined today. I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, everyone who is joined want to listen to these top three recommendations from you. Right, right. So,
0: if I have to talk about mental well-being, then there are three pillars of mental well-being. The three activities then... Assure our mental well-being are the activities that give us a feeling of achievement. The activities that give us a feeling of connection and the activities which give us a feeling of pleasure. Now there has to be a very well-defined balance between these three activities. The activities that give you pleasure, the activities that give you a feeling of achievement and the activities which give you a feeling of connection. By connection, I mean connection with friends, with family, relationships and with the world in general. A lot of times we are seeing that when people are isolated, though they may have everything going well for them in terms of their achievement or in terms of their pleasure, they end up suffering with mental health issues. So connection is very, very important, very vital. Then comes the part about pleasure. Now, a lot of times because of, you know, the competitive world that we're living in, people are so much achievement oriented. People are so much burning the midnight oil. They aren't giving enough time to have some pleasure, right? So go around, have some coffee, go out and have a vacation, uh, take a break. So all these things have lost their meaning which is why again our mental well-being suffers. And then finally comes the feeling of achievement, right? So we are all involved in some of the other tasks, which give us a sense of achievement, right? As a student, if you're studying you're studying for the sake of achievement, if you are employed at a place, you are working for your achievement. And wherein you feel that, okay, my achievement is not progressing. I am being stuck. I am becoming stagnant. I think that is also a very crucial time to realize Then perhaps that person needs some change. Either the change of place, the change of employment, or he needs to learn some new skills. So all these things are very really vital, right? The feelings of achievement, pleasure, and connection. If we balance out these three things, then definitely our mental health and physical health as well will be very much better.
1: Absolutely, having I mean, very rightly said the feeling of uh, pleasure, connection, and achievement. I mean, these are three pillars of mental health. And all of us must try and uh, give a break to ourselves at some point in time uh, from our daily activities to keep our brains fresh as well. So, here is the last question, and it's more personal question to you, which is more on how do you uh, stay healthy and fit, and what do you do to stay healthy and fit on a day to day basis?
0: Uh, so, if you talk about myself, then uh, definitely I make sure that at least four on five mean, days of week I am doing some of the other physical activity, right? Be it cycling or be it running. But at least I make sure that I give some time for myself for my physical health as well. At the same time, as regards mental health, I make sure that at least I have seven hours of good sleep. I'm taking a good amount of diet. By a good amount of diet, I mean healthy, nutritious diet, which makes sure that I have enough vitamins, I have enough minerals, I have enough calories for myself. A lot of times, again, I think that raises an important question is, in a lot of times, mental health issues present because of the deficiencies in vitamins, deficiencies in diet also. So that also needs to be laid a key attention to. And I also make sure that I keep my hobbies going. So I love talking about mental health issues. I love, you know, following sports. I love to play sports. So i make sure that I give enough time for myself and my hobbies. So that is what I do. And also there is what relaxation protocol that I follow, which is basically based on the concept of yoga nidra. So, you know, listeners who are listening to this, they might just go on YouTube and search for yoga nidra or progressive muscle relaxation. So this is a very short relaxation technique. It takes around 13-14 minutes of your time. But it definitely helps you to relax your body and relax your mind in a great way. So do try out any technique that basically helps you to feel relaxed, right? It could be sports, it could be music, it could be dancing. Anything that you actually love doing. And if you think that you currently don't have hobbies, then try out and explore. And at least one of the things you will definitely like and then pursue it. Absolutely, absolutely. I think there is one question that has been seen. uh, I I would like to answer that about hallucinations. I think somebody is trying to ask it a lot of times. I will just answer that everyone. So, uh, you know, I think uh, when we talk about delusions, when we talk about hallucinations, I think that we'll take another session, but I will try and answer it in a brief way. So basically, when we talk about psychotic disorders, wherein the person loses touch with reality, he is not aware about his reality, then we talk about two things. One is delusions and one is hallucinations. So delusions is basically wrong beliefs that a person is accepted to be true. For other people around him, they might be wrong beliefs, but for that person, it is as real as all other experience. So for example, if I have a belief that, okay, my friend is out to kill me, though every evidence suggests that he is not going to kill me, but because I am having delusions, I will definitely truly believe that, okay, he is out to kill me. Now, in that sense, what happens is a person who suffers from delusion, then he tries to either safeguard himself, he will not come out of his house, or he will try and then try and attack that person. So all these things can happen in terms of delusion. When we talk about hallucinations, it is those experiences which are actually unreal. So a very easy example, you know, a lot of people would relate to is, if people have watched this movie called, you know, Brunabine Baron, the protagonist, uh, the role played by Sanjadid, he was suffering with visual hallucinations. So he was seeing images which are not actually there. Now, why these hallucinations and delusions occur is because of either there is some structural changes in the brain, wherein the person has either suffered from traumatic injury in the brain, or there are some chemical neurotransmitter imbalances which lead to such delusional hallucinations. So, I think whenever the person is suffering from delusion and hallucination, he or she may not be aware of it because for them it's as real as other experiences. So, it is okay. important that as Family members as friends, we need to identify that the person might be suffering from delusion with hallucinations, and at that point of time, we need to actively seek out help for that person. So that is the you know the crux of it. I think if somebody has other more questions, they can definitely DM me, and we will be you know willing to answer them. That brings us to the goals of today's session. So
1: I thank you so much Dr. Devashish and Jay speaking with you today, I look forward to uh, connecting with you very soon. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening. We hope you had key takeaways from today's episode and learned something new. Don't forget to download and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode and leave us a rating review on your favorite platform. In the meantime, reach out to us on Instagram at fit aerobic or through our website fit and remember Failures will only make you strong and better learn. Take care, stay healthy, and living a fulfilling life with Fit Aerobic.